0: Well, Congressman, I think crime is a very dangerous cancer. It flourishes where it's ignored, and uh, where the community is not alert to it being a truly local problem. Uh, It can't exist without a certain amount of apathy upon the part of the local citizens. Uh, Local crime, I believe, can be brought within control by stern measures, not only by the law enforcement officers, but by the courts that have to deal with the criminals that are brought before them, and by the community at large. No community receives any better kind of law enforcement than it desires and insists upon.
1: I assured Mr. Gray that the C.I. had no involvement in the break-in, no involvement
0: whatever. And it was my preoccupation consistently from then to this time to make this point and to be sure that everybody understands it. It doesn't seem to get across very well for some reason, but the agency had nothing to do with the Watergate break-in. I hope all the newspaper men in the room hear me clearly now.
2: That's FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover and CIA Director Richard Helms. When Richard Nixon took office, J. Edgar Hoover was already one of the most powerful figures in American history, having served as the nation's top cop going back to Calvin Coolidge. Richard Helms was the quintessential spy. He had joined the CIA at its founding in 1947 and rose through its ranks to lead it. Coming up, we'll listen in on the roles both played in the Nixon White House. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues watch the station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time 10 9 central on abc and stream on hulu first joining us by
3: phone luke nichter He's the creator and editor of nixontapes.org and author or editor of books including, with Douglas Brinkley, The Nixon Tapes 1971-1972 to 1972 and The Nixon Tapes 1973. Professor Nickter, please describe the relationship between Richard Nixon and J. Edgar Hoover and whether they knew each other before Mr. Nixon became president.
4: Richard Nixon and J. Edgar Hoover went back a long ways. Uh, They were neighbors in Washington. Uh, Hoover got to know um, uh, Nixon and vice versa early in Nixon's time in in Washington. He was first elected as a congressman in 1946. And where they really got to know each other was uh, why Nixon was on the House Un-American Activities Committee during the investigation of a suspected spy, Alger Hiss. Uh, And the FBI was more than happy to assist Nixon's investigation, provide evidence. And it was really the result of that investigation that made Nixon a, a household name and really a rising political star in the Republican Party.
3: Now, topics in the calls we're about to hear include the uh, very high profile killings of two New York City police officers in 1971, where we hear President Nixon get Mr. Hoover's support for tougher law enforcement policies. Please tell us more about this incident.
4: Sure. Well, I mean, Nixon and Hoover were were two law and order cold warriors. And I think that kind of speaks to their number one uh, domestic issue, uh, tough on crime, and uh, international issue, uh, cold war and anti-communism. And and in fact, when you look at their their long careers and associations, it's hard to find two other politicians or political people who knew each other as long. And uh, I can say I'm aware of no significant disagreements ever, you know, between them. Uh, Nixon ultimately was elected on a get-tough-on-crime message, and it was Hoover's FBI uh, who helped him to carry out that promise. Uh, And in this uh, case, I think Nixon, what we hear is Nixon's very eager to get the facts. He's very eager to find out um, uh, what motivated uh, the the, the shootings, uh, the perpetrators and uh... hoover is quite happy to have the support of the boss so to speak of the white house uh... in terms of uh... going after uh... going after criminals and uh... it was under nixon's presidency that in fact the fbi was very aggressive in going after crime and especially organized crime
3: Now, president nixon and mister hoover also talk about the supreme court decision on the pentagon papers in july of nineteen seventy one What were those papers, and what did the Nixon administration want the high court to do?
4: The Pentagon Papers just simply caused a rupture in in the Nixon White House. Uh, The the actual study was a 40 volume, 7,000 page report written in the late 1960s at the end of the presidency of Lyndon Johnson uh, of really how the U.S. came to be involved uh, in Vietnam. And by the time the study was written, how things started to go badly for the United States. Uh, After portions of these documents were leaked to the New York Times, which started to publish them in June of 1971, uh, the Nixon What the Nixon administration did was it sought to get an injunction against the New York Times uh, from any further publication of the the reports. Uh, The Nixon White House went all the way to the Supreme Court, uh, and and this remains one of the most important First Amendment cases in U.S. history. The Supreme Court issued a mixed decision that uh, ultimately permitted publication of the Pentagon Papers to continue.
3: Now, we'll also hear calls between President Nixon and the CIA director at the time, Richard Helms. Was their relationship different from that of the president and Mr. Hoover?
4: Yes, it was. Unlike uh, Nixon and Hoover, uh, Helms and Nixon were, were really never personally close. Uh, Nixon knew him from his, uh, Nixon's days as Vice President under Dwight Eisenhower, and I think Nixon always wondered about Helms, uh, as he did of others who worked at the the CIA, uh, whether Helms was actually more loyal to the CIA than, than to the president he
3: served. Now, Iran is the topic of one of these calls. Please describe the relationship between Iran and the U.S. at the time of this call, January 1973.
4: So to set the stage, January 1973, uh, Nixon's uh, inaugurated. He's beginning his second, what he thought would be his second full uh, four year term. He's uh, looking for a place to, to move helms. I think Nixon hopes to have his own guy uh, appointed to the CIA to run the CIA. And he's looking for a place to, to put Helms. That's the problem. What do you do with him? Uh, and so uh, ultimately, he's he's uh, looking for an ambassadorship to send him to. And he has his eye uh, he has his eye on Iran, uh, which is a quite close ally of the U. S. at the time. Uh, Reza Pahlavi is the Shah of Iran. Uh, he's a source of stability in the region in the eyes of the U. S. And both Nixon and National Security Advisor Henry Kissinger sought to sort of build him up to be a kind of regional power to stand up to the Soviet Union and Soviet influence in the Middle East.
3: Luke Nichter, creator and editor of NixonTapes.org and author or editor of books including, with Douglas Brinkley, The Nixon Tapes, 1971-72 to 72, and The Nixon Tapes, 1973. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you. We begin on May 26th, 1971. President Nixon and FBI Director Hoover talked about the killing of those two New York City police officers.
0: Edgar, you're you're probably way way ahead of me, but may I tell you that uh, in terms of the New York situation, uh, at this particular time, since these people have not been apprehended, the national security... You know, information we seek. Yep. is unlimited. Yeah. Okay. It's okay? Yes. On that line, I... And you'll tell, you tell the, uh, the, the Attorney General that that's what I've suggested and well, ordered, and you do it, okay? I'll do that. Um, Don't you agree with this? I agree with it thoroughly. My God, let's get these bastards. And uh, the uh, agent in charge of my New York office told me he attended both funerals today Good. and uh, saw the commissioner and conveyed to the commissioner as he had previously on to the other high offices there at New York, that the full facilities of the FBI were available. Available. Good. And we'll make them available, and I'll go for all out on the intelligence in this thing. Yeah. In the meantime, I've already alerted the president of the National Association of Chiefs of Police. Good. To hold himself in readiness for, for Wednesday or Thursday of next week. Yeah. And to have his officers hold that day open, as they will be called to Washington for some conference. I didn't good. indicate good. what it was. That'll be a good meeting, and then we'll follow that up with the uh, on their recommendation, with a meeting of say hundred top police and sheriffs from around the country. We and have that schedule for the following Monday. Right. Already. Oh good. Yes. Good. Oh you have? Oh, yes indeed. That's great. That's the way to work. Yes. And then we'll get at this and then we'll and then I'll come by the academy and give them a little pop and we'll Fine. Okay. Fine. Fine, but let's get these guys. By God uh, you know, it just sickens me to see people shooting policemen in the back. It does. doesn't it you i mean i just of course it does you but it does me as a just just an ordinary citizen uh, when you stop to think of uh, this thing in new york where one man as i said today was shot six times in the back of the head and then another man 12 times in the back of the head oh my god Oh, that was not, uh, I mean, it wasn't... That's sadism, sadism. That was sadism, that's just what it was. That's right, and the New York Times will probably write an editorial pointing out that the guy that shot him was raised in a bad neighborhood. It'll be poverty again. That's right. Uh, the, the slums in New York that's right. contributed to it. That's housing right. Housing and all that sort of thing. But that isn't the reason. These people are bad people. Of course not. Right. Okay, Edgar. I'll keep Thank you very much. Thank
2: you very much. <laughs> The two men talked again two days later, and the president asked Director Hoover for his support on tougher federal law enforcement laws. They mentioned New York City Police Commissioner Patrick Murphy.
0: I was uh, doing a little thinking last night, and uh, uh, you notice where this clown uh, Harrison Williams was uh, claiming that uh, we, uh, uh, we're, that he said that the, we were trials with blocking an attempt to, let the FBI go in and do uh, yes. help out. And we answered that client, he's answered and we actually here. And of course, you know, the directive in November covers that, and, it then does. I, and I also saw your letter, which indicated, my God, in, in New York, you're practically running the thing. Are they are. Well, which is good. I mean, I mean you're it's, running it. You, you it. see, uh, Mr. President, yeah. in all of the killings of police officers, as I pointed out, I think, in a recent memorandum to you, uh, the local police, within 30 days, apprehend 96 and a half know. percent. It's just one thing we're Aren't needed. Here's what I had in mind, and uh, I'll let me just run this by you to think yep. about and I yes. have answer. And I don't, and I'm not thinking of a public announcement on this, incidentally, uh, so so much as to just as a question of uh, uh, of tone and so forth. Uh, <clears throat> First, I think it would be, uh, the reason we've got to oppose something like the Schweiker Bill is it would get the Bureau immediately involved in every police killing. That's very true. And this we must not do. That'd be a national right. police thing. Right. That we mustn't have. The second thing is, however, on the other hand, if on a case-by-case basis, you could determine. That you would want the bureau to get in, in other words, where you sort of had the scent or the smell of of the na- of a, of a national conspiracy thing. Yes. you know, then that's a different matter. Now, would it <clears throat> would it be, per, for example, possible to say something like this if we're, you were to get a directive uh, to the effect that uh, that. Uh, and of course, this would have to be by with I suppose approval by the attorney general or I don't know, or something like yeah. that. Yes, thought where it said that in where law enforcement officials, I mean where where there are attacks on law enforcement officials and where there is there is evidence of or suspicion of of uh, of, of, of you know of of, of conspiratorial or. Uh, not conspiratorial, but you know what I mean. Other, other than just a uh, crime of violence. Yes. You know the the kind of thing like the Panthers and all Panthers, all these. Right. So Democrats are right. Something that where, where it's basically that kind of a of an action. Yes. But then the bureau, on a case by case basis, uh, should go in and will go in and and uh, do everything that it can. Now, what I'm really trying to get at is this: is to give you a, is to find a way to get a handle so that you could go in only on cases where you want it and where there were, and that would mean cases where it did appear as if it were this other thing, and then second, to go in with everything you've got. In other words, you could uh, with uh, surveillance, uh, electronic, and everything. I, I, is is that already covered, or what is? Uh, well, what would you I said what is being done. Uh, it might be well to consider a public statement along that line. But uh, New York, for instance, uh, uh, we've got now I think uh, 80 men on a special squad, and I've instructed the, the assistant director at New York to take it as a bureau case and break it as a bureau case, if they possibly can. Uh, but without ruffling the feelings of the local authorities, but, but don't tell the local authorities we've taken over. I see. In other words, it doesn't relieve the Commissioner right. Murphy of, yeah. of, the, of the responsibility of doing the job. Well. And of course, if he knew that we were taking it over, yeah. he probably would uh, scream to high heaven or leak something to the press. Right. Now, we've done the same thing down south with this little girl uh-huh. who was uh, murdered, you know. Right. And, well, now, that's, that's what I had in mind as far as procedures. Yes. Yeah. concerned. So, yeah, down, uh, South, you're doing that because of the rights, civil, civil uh, rights the possibility of civil rights, right? Because now uh-huh. the local authorities have got these four white fellows locked up, and they will try them, I guess, for murder. But in the meantime, we want to make certain if there's any federal jurisdiction, uh-huh. and the local authorities kind of begin to back off or go easy, then we can yeah. go into the federal court on civil rights cases. Well, now, if our if Ziegler is asked about that case, could he say that uh, that the FBI? Well, I suppose it's already or is it out that you are investigating to see if there's any civil rights thing or something like that? I don't know. With it out, I know we went into it immediately yeah. upon happening. Fine. Well, now, with regard to the New York. I think Mrs. Eagler could, with, if that with question regard, is asked, right, could say so. Yeah, with regard to the uh, police thing now, uh, what I'm getting at is that I want to get a position where we can. Uh, where, you know, my God, a fellow like William Dresnes, he ought to be in jail himself. Well, he is. Well, of course, he's a cheap politician. Yeah, well, you know, the fellow's got a, you know, he's He's got a very shady reputation. For crying out loud, (laughs) for him to take, because what what I'm really trying to get at is a way to, to, so that to reassure people that we are doing everything we can. I know you are. I want to keep the Bureau out of everything uh, that it doesn't want to get into. Yes. I don't want to do anything that will get the Bureau in trouble. I'll tell you what Police I plan to... but, if, but if there's any more handle that you need, I'll sign a directive to you if you want. Uh, what or I... I'll have the Attorney General sign one. What I well. plan to do, uh, Mr. President, I've ordered these Chiefs of Police in here for next Wednesday afternoon. After a, after I meet them? No, before oh, you stuff. meet them. Oh. I want to get them in here in my office and I yeah. want to go down about this Williams bill and these other bills uh, are yeah. about a dozen up there to get them all in opposition to it Good. on yeah. the grounds that they have batted 96 and a percent and I have in mind telling them that after the conference with you at the White House on yeah. Thursday yeah. if after that conference the press asks them any questions uh, the line of, of statements they should make Right. in other right. words that uh, they are doing it and they're getting the fullest cooperation from the yeah. FBI yeah. and all that sort of thing right. in other words I wanted to get them lined up as to yeah. the, the atmosphere now, right. I think we tend to do the same thing in regard to the 100 that come in the following Monday are three days training, Of mm-hmm. right across both of those groups you will speak to. Yeah. But uh, I, I thought these uh, officers who were coming in from the sheriffs and the police chiefs, that uh, I ought to get them in, the, in this room here and uh, yeah. just tell them what the picture is and what the opposition, our, our opposition is uh, yeah. to a bill being enacted yeah. and the impossibility of it, and that they ought to take the lead and ought to publicly announced the accomplishments of 96.5%. Right. Now, of course, that doesn't take care of getting out a statement yeah. from the administration that will indicate that the administration is going to go in on any of these cases where there may be a possibility of a federal violation. Yeah. You see this damn Williams. He wants to make it like another Lindbergh case, yeah. like the kidnapping, yeah. where there's a presumption of federal jurisdiction yeah. at the end of 24 hours we would be in on every I case know, in the country. I know, it wouldn't work. Well, the interesting thing is that here you got Williams. Williams doing this and Schweiker now these two fellows are both doves they're both against uh, strong law enforcement and here they are out leading the charge well of course it's it's the same old thing of of attacking you and the administration that's what it really amounts to they're not sincere in what they're doing at all and uh, of course Williams is the last man who have been doing it Talking, uh, his background is, such, is so bad that it ought to be looked into itself. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Well, there might be the place for some statement then, if we could. Let me. Well, I tell you what, I'm not. We're not going to do anything if you can kick it around in your shop. I'm going to kick it around and here. It and then raise, it, and you and Mitchell, if you got a recommendation as a statement that we could make. Uh, uh, that is understand. Nothing has to be done uh, this week. Let's hope it may be next week. Yes. After our meeting, okay, but we have to have a statement to come off of that meeting with the chiefs of police. I'll, maybe, uh, maybe uh, by that time we could say that the FBI will do that even repeat what we ordered in November. Yes. People forget what we what the FBI is already doing. Exactly, yeah. and, and the order in yep. November was very sweeping. That's in front. Right. and As I matter of fact, maybe we've got to take that and boil it down and hype it, and says the bureau from do that and make it appear like a new thing. Exactly. See, and, and, and put any new element in it that you can. I'll get to work on that today. Talk with the attorney general today about figure, it. Figure the thing. Now, let me say, there's no urgency. I don't want to do any, uh, we don't, uh, it's Memorial Day weekend, I don't want to do it. But you, you talk to attorney general and say that we want to get a way to state this so that it's a new story when we hit it on Wednesday. Fine. Thursday.
2: Fair I'll enough? Take, I'll take care of that. Fair. You work out something. I'll, I'll, I'll okay. do that, Mr. President. Thank you. President Nixon and FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover from May 28, 1971. Five weeks later, the president and FBI director talked about how the Supreme Court needed a makeover following the Pentagon Papers decision.
0: I wanted to tell you that I was so damn mad when that Supreme Court had to come down. I did, first, I didn't like their decision, but didn't su- unbelievable, wasn't it? It was unbelievable. You know, those clowns we got on there, I, I, I'll tell you, I hope I outlive the bastards. Well, I hope yeah. you do, too. But, I mean, politically, too, because by, we've got to change that court. I, there's no question yeah. about that whatsoever. Yeah. I thought it was a possibility of a five to four. Yeah. You know, I thought I thought we ought to get White. What's the matter with him? I don't. Well, of course, with a White is a yeah. whole Kennedy crowd. Right. Though. But then the Everyone not know what in the hell is the matter with Stewart? Well, Stewart is a is a it, very wishy-washy individual. He switches from one side to yeah, the Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I wasn't surprised that he yeah. on this thing he switched. Yeah. Well, I suppose he's affected with the Georgetown thing. But what I was going to say is that uh, that. Uh Place and I was trying to. Uh, but we, all, we it made the news, all right. But uh, the but the point is, the point is that if if it hadn't been for that stinking court decision, we'd have been the lead story. You know, it would have been the lead story, uh, and it should have been. And it, it should uh, have been. Your your remarks were simply wonderful. Here. I thought. Yeah, well, we got I thought it was good to lay it on the line with those fellows. And you know you know that line at the era of permissiveness is a and you notice I thought it was really great though when I said and I hope that you had your people get this one down because that the twenty three years that I've known the director, that he has always he has never served the party, he has always served his country. That sort of summed it up, didn't it? It did, and I ordered today that a copy of your speech came over from the White House today. Yeah. And I ordered that it be printed in our national in the uh, law enforcement bulletin which goes to about right. 15 hundred fifteen thousand police departments in good. the country oh that's fine so it'll, it'll well, I, in there. I wanted to get out of there but I but it, it got some it got some uh, got, a, got a good play and I was glad uh, glad that we could uh, could give it a shot well because, I deeply appreciate yeah. what you did because it, it it certainly was wonderful of you to do it yeah and well it, I wanted to <laughs> I know you may have wanted to but yeah. it was wonderful to do it at a time when the been shooting from all sides at you, at know. home. oh heck, as far as I'm concerned uh, uh, you know one thing I was going uh, gonna ask your vice uh, a lot of people have a feeling that I ought to uh, not a lot some if they're all mixed as a matter of fact. some people think that now that this court has acted that I ought to make a statement about the freedom of the press and that we are trying to censor them and so forth. My inclination, Whatever is, worth is not to say so. I'll tell you. I think you're right. Uh, I, I kind of think I should stay out. But what's your what's your public relations judgment on it, I'd Just like Public Relations you know. and, uh, judgment, uh, uh, Mr. President, is that you should remain absolutely silent about it. You would. Uh, I would. What's your, now, you, you don't think that, uh, that that's uh, any great problem that they uh, they've been. Uh, you know that naturally have been charging that we have been trying to keep the press from printing the truth about oh, the war I don't and so think that that's involved because, as a matter of fact, these papers don't harm you one bit. No, actually, that in the stories in the in the Post and Times this morning were all about Kennedy and well, DM. Kennedy, he was the one who started it, and then yeah. Lyndon Johnson escalated it, and then you inherited it, and you have brought it down. You never sent an additional man in there, but you brought it down. Yeah. And I think what they're trying to do is to bait you into into taking a position. That uh, the freedom of the press ought not be to that to that extent, and yeah. I think we ought to be awful careful what we do in this case of this man Ellsberg, because there again they're going to make a martyr out of him. All of the press of the country are going to cross, come to the front and uh, that he's a martyr. Right. And when you what the Supreme Court has now said, uh, I doubt whether we're going to be able to get a conviction of him. I hope so, but I doubt it. We've got a good strong case on him. And his wife, his first wife, testified very vigorously against him. And uh, Mm -hmm. it's a good, strong case. Well, I'd like to... Checked some of the other people around him. That's the others. There's, I think there's a conspiracy involved. Exactly. This of Sheehan of the New York Times is involved. This of Jack Anderson here in Washington, that skunk that we have here. Is he in it too? Oh, yeah, he's in it. He was at the, at the Post yeah. and had copies made. Yeah. I saw her on the TV last night, Mrs. Graham. I would have thought she's about 85 years old. It's yeah. only about, I think, uh, something oh. like 57. Oh, no, I know that. Yeah. And I, I had an no idea she was a great deal older when I looked at her last. Yeah, uh, he's, he's, he's a terrible old bag. Oh, she's an old bitch in my estimation. <laughs> That's right. But uh, I, 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 I think from your point of view, it would be very ill advised. You don't think we should? I should say anything? I at don't this think point. you should say anything. I, I, Just let it cool off. Let the papers come out and let them reflect on whoever the they reflect. What they want to print, it doesn't reflect upon you. You had nothing to do with all of this. I had nothing. It doesn't. Not, nothing of what it was about me. You know. Not I'd at all. all and therefore, if you enter it now on the grounds of freedom of the press or anything of that, then they'll, it's the very thing that the enemies of of the administration want to do is to divert the attack upon you, and not upon Kennedy, and not upon Johnson. Now, of course, I think what's going to happen, I think Lyndon Johnson will ultimately burst forth himself. Yeah. Because... He ought to. You know, he's a tough individual. He ought to defend himself. I, I, I think he will. Yeah. Well... And, and I think for that reason your yeah. silence would be just the thing well I don't certainly plan to say anything until I have a chance to look over the weekend uh, and see what the well, I waited I uh, very yeah, carefully because, because I think they're trying to bait you yeah. into taking the position this fellow Stanton who's now going to be cited by the Congress for contempt of court yeah. uh, he shot his mouth off today and uh, I think the I think the House of Representatives will cite him for contempt <laughs> he's going to be oh, for contempt yeah. but uh, uh, let that be yeah. his battle not yeah. yours yeah I'm not oh, I'm not having nothing to do with him. That's the House. That's the House. It's up to them. Let them have their fun. And they had a unanimous vote in the committee. It it wasn't divided. And I think that's up for him to fight out. He talked about the the opinion of yesterday as being in his favor and so forth. It has nothing to do with what the House is doing. Well, the other opinion yesterday had nothing to do with the Pentagon, Uh, uh, with selling the Pentagon. They had lied about the Pentagon. as They've lied about so many things. CBS is one of the worst networks on the the circuit today. But I would certainly may give awful careful thought well, by just remaining silent. Yeah. Well, I I am glad to get that advice. I'm gonna be meeting in about an hour with these guys and I'll uh I'll have that in mind. Fine. Well good to talk to you and uh, uh wanna thank uh, you again for uh, the uh, Well well I appreciate the conflicts. <laughs> <it was> wonderful <laughs> I appreciate the conflicts.
2: Goodbye. Goodbye uh, from july first nineteen seventy one, FBI director J. Edgar Hoover and President Nixon. Fast forward now to November twenty second, nineteen seventy one and the FBI had made an arrest in the New York City police killing.
0: John Ehrlichman just came in and uh, brought your letter telling me that you'd caught those five uh, killers, those uh, killed as those, uh, those two uh, policemen in New York. That's right, we did. Just great. What a, how are you going to... I hope you make a hell of a lot out of the announcement at some time. Well, we were, we we're trying to do that. Yeah. Because uh, they, it, was, it was an awful involved, long case. As a matter of fact, we, we arrested most of them out in California. I'll be darned. Yeah, I know. that they, That's a fantastic story. I, I just, uh, just uh, thumbed through it here. It's really a, really a, really a great... Now, uh, tell me, does that jackass Murphy know you've done it? Have you told him? I imagine by now he does. The, the only thing I'm concerned about, I wouldn't want him to step in and, you know, uh, you know how he'd play it and take the credit for it. I'll take care of that, all right. You will. <laughs> Well, I have no use for him anyway. but yeah. well, it seems to me that this is a, this is really a great thing. It is. And uh, these are just five uh, terrorists. Is that right? They're they're the five of the uh, of the black Panther type. And uh, you uh, you can go. Well, I'm just just delighted because it's a uh, it'll have a darn... you might be interested, Mr. President. Yeah, have got some awful good leads on the killing of these Negro girls by this uh, so-called phantom. Yeah. The district. Yeah. We oh, have got some awful good leads on that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't good. know how they'll turn out, but they. Yeah. Right. Yesterday and today, there were two very good yeah. leads. Yeah. That we might have the real person. Yeah. Yeah. This is, a, this is a good one and I just say as I say just uh, you be sure the boys over there know that I've I think it's just great and when you get the. but I just want to be sure the bureau gets the credit your, you know what I mean I'll, I'll, uh, that's done <laughs> okay because uh, this is uh, I think a country will be just uh, that I'll never forget that had an enormous effect in New York remember the funeral for the Italian you know and everything I want to tell you what a wonderful uh, appearance I think you made down there at uh, in Miami well, you know, I, I didn't want to take on old George Meary because he's been a good fellow on many issues, but you just can't let anybody say that the president knows what he can do, you know. Well, you know, uh, the, the, the reaction already, uh, the, well, uh, I've been noticing the ticker today, is the reaction among the labor leaders has been that it's done them more harm than good by the way he acted. I see. I in other see. words, the insulting uh, mm-hmm. manner in which you were treated. Uh, is, 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 it's a backfiring on them. And I think for that yeah. reason, he's not going to gain any any footage out of it. We have to stand up to him, Edgar. The point is that everybody wants... Have to advocate and let them go yeah. the country. And we simply cannot have this wage-price push. Uh, and so... That's right. uh, and he only represents you. You know there are only 18 million organized laborers, and there's 62 million that are not in unions. So you got to think... You get to hear him talk. You think he had the whole country organized. That's right. That's right. I appreciate that. I, I, as I said, I just went down there and I, I was very, very pleasant, but very firm. No, you were. You, you were cool throughout. I, yeah. I saw it on TV. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, on, on your favorite network, CBS? <laughs> no. Incidentally, she yeah. gave part of that network away today, you know. Who? Graham gave part of that network away today. Is that right? The WTOP FM she gave to Howard University. Oh, that's nice. And I, that's where it belongs. That's nice. <laughs> Oh boy! Well, I'm just delighted with this, uh, and I I just want the, I'll see that it's taken, okay? the I want the bureau though to get the credit, you know, because you know we all right. we're uh, we're fighting these uh, when these people raise questions, I can point to things like that. But exactly. if you can, uh, as soon as you when you're ready to make the announcement, be sure to let have one of your boys let John know so that I can have Ziegler comment on it here, I'll will do you? That. So, you know, so, so we can then say this is a great thing. I want I I, I, I we'll give it a shove from over here too. I I I'll, I'll let him know. Fine. I'll get on top of it right. Right away. And if you get one on that other one, on the one here in the district, also let us know because then you see, Ziggler can go out, Edgar, and say the president was delighted to learn, and I think it's good that they know that I'm... That you have been personally interested in it? Right. And that I've been following it, and when you announce, you can say you've reported to me and I'm pleased and so right. forth. Fair enough? In, in other words, there have been five or six of these colored girls who were yeah. raped and killed. God, that's awful, isn't it? And you've got a good lead there, huh? It's a very good lead. A fellow whose wife a niece. Does it look like one or several? Just one. One person. And he has a background of the, yeah. the St. Elizabeth over here. Oh, boy. Psychiatric. Uh, his, Is he black? Uh, black. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it looks as if we've got a pretty good lead there. Oh, boy. We're trying to hold it very tight. Yeah. All
2: right. I won't say a word. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the FBI was already dealing with unprecedented scrutiny over its power when Richard Nixon took office in 1969. Congress responded by requiring Senate confirmation of future FBI directors and limited their tenure to 10 years. On May 2nd, 1972, with the Watergate affair about to explode onto the national stage, J. Edgar Hoover died of heart disease. He was 77.
5: Seated, please. Ladies and gentlemen, it is with a profound sense of personal loss that I... Learned of the death of J. Hoover. This truly remarkable man has served his country for 48 years under eight presidents as director of the FBI, with unparalleled devotion and ability and dedication. For 25 years, from the time I came to Washington as a freshman congressman, he's been one of my closest personal friends and advisors, and every American, in my opinion, owes J. Edgar Hoover a great debt for building the FBI into the finest law enforcement organization in the entire world. I have ordered that all flags on government buildings be flown at
1: half-mast.
5: But I will say that, in doing so, that Edgar Hoover, because of his indomitable courage against sometimes very vicious attacks, has made certain that the flag of the FBI will always fly high.
2: J. Edgar Hoover was the first civil servant in U.S. history to lie in state at the Capitol. On May 4th, President Nixon eulogized his friend at the National Presbyterian Church in Washington.
1: The greatness of Edgar Hoover will remain inseparable from the greatness of the organization he created and gave his whole life to building the Federal Bureau of Investigation. He made the FBI the finest law enforcement agency on the earth, the invincible and incorruptible defender of every American's precious right to be free from fear. Yet America has revered this man, not only as the director of an institution, but as an institution in his own right. For nearly half a century, nearly one-fourth of the whole history of this republic, J. Edgar Hoover has exerted a great influence for good in our national life. While eight presidents came and went, while other leaders of morals and manners and opinion rose and fell. The director stayed at his post. He was one of those unique individuals who by all odds was the best man for a vitally important job. His powerful leadership by example helped to keep steel in America's backbone and the flame of freedom in America's soul. He personified integrity. He personified honor. He personified principle. He personified courage. He personified discipline. He personified dedication. He personified loyalty. He personified patriotism.
2: Following J. Edgar Hoover's death, Congress thoroughly investigated the FBI about its role in the Watergate affair. It found that the agency had illegally protected President Nixon from investigation. When the CIA was formed in 1947, Richard Helms was one of its original architects, and he was the first career spy to lead it. His years at the agency covered the Cold War, a period in which CIA service was seen as a noble and romantic calling. But by the time he left, the CIA was looked at suspiciously by many and about to undergo intense congressional scrutiny over everything from assassination plots against foreign leaders to spying on U.S. citizens. We begin on April 11, 1972, just 15 days before President Nixon announced his Vietnamization plan.
0: Good afternoon, Mr. President. Hi. I was talking to uh, Henry this morning, and he was indicating that uh,
4: uh,
0: your reports had uh, pointed out that the North Vietnamese were not... Uh, broadcasting the fact that the B-52s were had hit them. Is Good. that actually the case? Yes, sir. I believe it to be. Yeah. Can I ask uh, you to uh, to go forward on your own way? You, we've got broadcasts in there, I presume, and all the rest, haven't we? Yes. And, uh, well, to, to get in as much as you possibly can, I should have thought this before, with regard to, uh, you know, the <clears throat> not only the... Strike, strikes that have that have taken place, but, but building it up beyond that, naval units on the move, more right. B-52s coming, and so forth. Right, sir. Uh, would, you, would you be sure that that is covered adequately so that it gets into... I don't know. What, how effective are those broadcasts in there? Do people pick them up or not? Yes, sir, they do indeed, and uh, I can certainly handle this, and I will undertake it immediately. Fine, if you would. I want to be sure that since they're not mentioning it, we, we do. But mention also the the number of naval ships that are coming out, the
2: more carriers, more B-52s, and the fact that this strike did take place or whatever it is, okay? I'll do it, sir. Bye. Thank you. On June 16th, the two talked again about Vietnam, the Soviet Union, and China. As the call begins, they spoke about the president of Mexico.
0: Hello. Hey, good morning, Mr. President. Nick, I just left the uh, president of Traveria. He took me aside. You know, he, he doesn't speak much. I speak in English, but he says I'm seeing... Director Helms, this afternoon. And I said, "Good." I said, "He's—you uh, can,
4: uh,
0: you know—he—I—he I, I, he has authorized it directly to you from me. Right. So you—you you should tell him that I talked to you and so forth. I don't know what games are playing there, but he's strong. He's—he yep. uh, wants to play the right games. I had told him. I gave him a little fill-in Russian and China. I said, "No," but I said, "No. We've had all these initiatives, but let me make one thing clear: I have no reason to believe that the." To continue their support of subversion in other countries, I said that's just. I said we have agreed on no overt confrontations in effect. But I said this is what you've got to expect, and I think uh, so. uh, That's the sort of. I we didn't go into any of the other domestic things he has, but uh, so. uh, Well, thank you very much, sir. Well, uh, we are. uh, Dick Walters is going with me, and we're going to have about an hour's chat with him. I went into the why we had to finish Vietnam in the right way, why it was important for us to hold the. Uh, the ring against uh, aggression on all over the world, uh, particularly in the Western Hemisphere, uh, because nobody else was there to do it. And uh,
2: he's, uh, he's on our side, all right. Oh, that's okay. great, Mr. President. Thank you very much. All here. right, bye. In November 1972, just after he was re-elected, President Nixon asked Richard Helms for his resignation. The result, Mr. Helms believed, of his refusing to let the agency be used in the Watergate cover-up. Two months later, the two talked about Richard Helms' new job as U.S. ambassador to Iran.
0: Nick, I'm sitting here talking to John Ehrlichman, and I was wondering when you could get out to Iran. How soon you could get out there? Well, I've been planning to go about the middle of March. Middle of March? Yeah. Oh. Because I haven't, uh, I haven't placed, oh, uh... Oh, yeah. Got to get myself briefed, and
2: I've got to, that letter from you, which uh, yeah. I've got to do a lot of work on that energy. Problem. Well, let me let me say this. Uh,
0: I wonder. Uh, uh, for- it's, uh, have you been confirmed yet? I'd asked Fulbright about it because I told him and uh, said that I wanted you confirmed especially, and he said he would. <laughs> well, I think it'll be next week. But, uh, <laughs> see, the Johnson death. The that's but, right. But, Joe but, Farland is still out there, you know. Oh, I know that. I know that. I see. I see. Well, but he'll be... He's leaving until the end of February. Oh, yeah. Because the Shah gave him a mission to... He left. He wanted yeah. to travel around and see the Iranian industrial production yeah. for him. Yeah. 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 when he got back here. Well, that may be what we're talking about. What I would like for you to do is this: uh, have a talk with John at your at, uh, next week sometime, would you? Yes, sir. And uh, the Iranian oil thing is you is in a apparently one hell of situation at the moment and uh, did you did you talk to Connolly or you're going to or? going to I uh, wanted to get myself educated a little bit before Fine. I talked to him well the first sense. I would say the first man to talk to is John Erdman. right? and then Flanagan who's made a study read the whole thing right? and what I want to do is that uh, if you're not going to a march maybe we can find a way to expedite it so you could even take a you could take a trip even now couldn't you oh I could travel out there certainly what I have in mind—I've talked to uh, everybody here. Thinks it's a great idea. I uh, and uh, 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 I missed talking to Henry about that. What I really have in mind is for you basically to be sort of the, without downgrading the other ambassadors, the ambassador in charge of that sort of area. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Particularly without, so you could go down to those Sheikdoms and and. uh, and, uh other places, and 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 pull this thing together, uh, and then give us the recommendation. You know, see what I mean? I got it. So I think a trip of that sort would be very worthwhile. Let me suggest this: you come in to uh, you have a talk with John Ehrlichman at the responsible time. Right. Have a talk with uh, and with Connell. The Connelly thing's a little sensitive because he represents some clients, but he'll. Uh, yeah. But on the other hand, you should talk with him. Right. Then then, uh, sometime next week, perhaps Wednesday or Thursday or so, maybe the, toward the end of the week, because I'm going to be tired the first of the week, uh, we can, uh, we'll try to go over the thing. All right, sir. And, uh, uh, but my view is that you probably ought to take a trip fairly soon. In other words, uh, you know the Shah well, right? Yes, sir. And you could do it. I don't it's any problem with Farland, but you—you you, you better think about that and, and talk to. Uh, if you think it's too sensitive to go out there and hurt, uh, hurt anyone, like but you're still the director of the CIA, right? Yes, sir. Well, that's. Um well, why don't I talk to these gentlemen and see what yeah. the score is here? Maybe right. I can come up with a recommendation then. All right, fine. You talk and we'll uh, we work something out. Because I don't want, I'd like to get it, since you're going to be in charge, I'd like to get you in, in the deal now, before it uh, frankly, before it blows. Right, sir. Yeah, Then when it blows, we can blame you. Okay, you've been through that before, haven't you? Okay.
2: Thank uh, you, Mr. President. From January 5, 1973, a call between President Nixon and CIA Director Richard Helms. Next time on Presidential Recordings, with the full scope of the Watergate conspiracy uncovered and articles of impeachment looming, President Nixon makes a historic decision. Our thanks to nixontapes.org, the Miller Center at the University of Virginia, and the Richard Nixon Presidential Library and Museum. And in Season 1 of Presidential Recordings, your secretly recorded conversations President Lyndon Johnson made on topics including the Warren Commission, the Vietnam War, the March on Selma, and more. And remember to follow presidential recordings so you never miss an episode.